Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. This is your host, Martha Tyler. And this week, we are going to be talking about co-parenting. And to do that, I have brought on Alaume Oyetuka. Hello, Alaume. Hi, Martha. How are you? I am doing great. And how are you? I'm doing really well, too. I, I'm so excited that we could make this happen. Um, Alame and I met during a positive discipline parent educator class. Yes. And it was so, it was so fun to go through that class with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same here. <laughs> um, well, wonderful. Well, before we start talking about co-parenting, um, I would love to hear your journey in childcare. Um, you know, I, I think everyone has a, just a, such a lovely story behind how they got into into this work, and I would love to hear yours. Okay, thank you, Martha. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm really, really excited to be here. So my journey into childcare, it's very funny because way back since I can remember high school, it was from elementary school days, I would just naturally gravitate towards little kids and I was just always around them. And for whatever reason, they were always around me too. So all through my life to finishing college and relocating to Canada. So I'm originally from Nigeria, West Africa. So I relocated to Canada in 2004, and I was a stay-at-home mom for a little while, well, a little while, three years, and I couldn't work, but all I could do was work from home, kind of. So my first thing to do was to babysit. So I did a little bit of babysitting back then, and as a Christian in church, I would always volunteer to help in the children's ministry, and I just love being around children. And one major thing for me being around children is how their mind just works, how they process things, you know, the fun side that they bring to things that you as an adult, you're worried about and all that. So my journey in Canada took me through school to actually get my nursing degree. So I'm, I'm trained as a registered nurse. Oh, wow. And over the course of, you know, it's going to be 10 years. This February, actually last week, it became 10 years that I've oh, been a Oh, congrats, <laughs> a decade. I just realized that now. And, you know, my husband loves being in business. So he's been, you know, what are you going to start a business? You need to do something else by the side, apart from nursing. So three years ago, I made the bold step and the bold decision to start a daycare. So I currently run uh, a licensed daycare in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, and um, I'm licensed for 11 children, and I just love them to bits. Like, I just, I'm just fulfilled when I'm at the daycare, and when I do go do my nursing job, too, I feel fulfilled there, too. So, somehow... That's to both worlds. I know. So, somehow, on both ends, I love what I do, but I sincerely really really love working with children because I see them as the future Mm -hmm. and I see what I do with them too as building a foundation for them you know to get all their building blocks in life on top of that for them to be you know we look around us sometimes and we're like why is that person doing that well maybe something went wrong when they were young so I see myself as part of that foundation lane 
group of people to ensure that years down the line, we have adults that are sensible, moral, that will do things right, you know? So I could go on and on about my journey in childcare, but I'll stop right here. Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing. I, I, I just, I ask that of my guests and I, I'm always joyful at hearing the answer because it's almost always uh, such a joyful journey of, of finding something that, that we're really passionate about. And I, I agree with you about working with kids. It's just the best. (laughs) And it really does have an impact on the future. Um, So let's talk about co-parenting. I wanted to start with that when just clarifying what we are talking about. So today we are not talking about the idea of two um, parents who have have been divorced learning how to parent together, even though they're no longer married. That's not what we're going to be talking about. Um, So um, what are we going to be talking about when we talk about co-parenting? Okay. So just like you said, Martha, you know, when I looked up online, everything, most of the things you will find about co-parenting is about, you know, dad and mom are separated, you know, divorce and stuff like that. But when I, as a uh, um, early childhood educator, right, because I've, I'm pursuing my degree in early childhood education too, when I look at co-parenting, I see that my daycare, I run Monday to Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some kids are the first to get here and they are the last to leave. So technically they're spending like 10 hours right. Monday to Friday with me and my assistant. And I've realized that what I do while they're with me has an impact on their life. Yeah. Right? Because it might be 9 p.m. and a parent texts you and says, well, this child is doing this. Um, what happened during the day? Is there anything I'm missing? Mm-hmm. I'm in my house. They're in their house. We don't even know where each other live. But right have an impact on their child's life. So they're asking me personal question about their children. Right. So the parent will do stuff with me that they will never do at home. And then the parent will be like, well, we, we try to read to them at home or this child doesn't even know the ABC. Well, at daycare, they do. <laughs> so I do know some things about your kids that you don't know. So if I'm not communicating, then how are you going to do that? So when I talk about co-parenting, I'm referring to all the other p- people in every child's life. So it could be grandparents, aunties and uncles, um, daycare, school, the teachers. It could even be their coach if they're into sports. Right, right. Be anyone that your child is spending an amount of time with to the extent where what they do with your child affects how your child, you know, grows, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, even how they eat sometimes. Right, you for sure. Yeah, they're picking up things from someone else. So if you don't know that person and you're not communicating with that person, then you're definitely missing something out of your child's life. So that's what I refer to when I say the co-parents. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I I think as nannies, we are in a similar situation of often, you know, we are there up to 10 hours a day. I mean, some some nannies are there more than 10 hours a day. Some nannies live with the family. Exactly. Um, And so that's a huge impact on the child's life. Um, and yeah, a lot of times those, those childcare providers like daycares and nannies end mm-hmm. up and teachers end up spending more waking hours with the child than the parents do. Yes. Yes. And so I, I completely agree that, yeah, it's, it's crucial to communicate between <laughs> the, the childcare provider and the, and the parents. Yes, very, very, very important. Um, yeah, so what, you know, you mentioned that you'll get texts sometimes at night about about what happened during mm-hmm. the day and things like that. What have you found um, that works with communication? Because I find as a nanny, sometimes I'm like, should, like, do I need to take the time to tell the parents about this? Or mm-hmm. because we can't, you know, I couldn't re- 
count the entire day that would take another 10 hours exactly. every moment so how exactly. how do you find what is important to tell versus yeah. what is just you know kind of what happened yeah that that's that's the tricky part like when I started my daycare, we did everything by pen and paper, right? So we have, a, especially for the infants and the toddlers, so we'll have a, a daily report to give the parents. Mm -hmm. And then along the lines of parents will be like, it's okay, just give me on Friday. But then I'm thinking, well, then you're gonna miss what happened on Monday, Tuesday, and you're just gonna see it on Friday, but it worked out well for them and that's what we did. Right. But then when COVID hit, last year I realized, well, I'm not going to be giving anybody a piece of paper <laughs> at the end of the day. Nobody's signing my booklets. So right. I went electronically. So I've got this app that I use for my daycare. And the app is so good. So they've got mood, activities, uh, toileting, meals. So there's so many things in there already that we try our best, like on a daily basis, to fill out sleep time, wake up time, and stuff like that. So all of Great. that basic information goes to the parents electronically. But then you find out sometimes, okay, there's a child, maybe the child is sleeping and waking up every 10 minutes. And you're wondering, why is this child doing this? Well, the app only gives me the opportunity to say they woke, they slept at this time and woke up at this time. So I don't get to explain. So right. then I have to do another note. So for stuff like that, I might now send a personal text to the parent and say, Let's chat about your child sleeping, you know, habits at the end of the day. But that I also realized hasn't really worked out well because I've got a very small entrance. And because of COVID, I can't have more than one period oh. at the entrance at a time. And my, my, my province, Saskatchewan, is really cold right now. Uh -huh. so no time for chatting at the end of the day. So sometimes I might call the parent later. Actually, this morning, I just did a voice note to a parent because there was something going on that I needed to. So we're trying out something with this child, just trying to figure out a different way to approach what we're dealing with. So I just sent them a voice note, right? So I found out that for us as um, child caregivers, you know, whether nanny, uh, even babysitters, you know, teachers, daycare, in whichever way we're dealing with children, especially children, I would say below the age of five, Mm -hmm. uh, you realize that sometimes you have to go outside of your hours, your working hours, to still communicate with the parent. Right. And I always, always, I have an open communication with my parents. So they all know my cell phone number. So even if we're closed for Christmas or something like that, they can still message me. In fact, I've got a parent that we message each other at odd times of the night and she would be like, why are you still awake? And I'll be like, well, you are awake too. <laughs> so yes. that relationship is very key because one thing I've realized with life is if you don't have a relationship with people and you're trying to maybe correct something or offer advice or work on something together, if you don't have a good relationship with them, your advice might not you know, be receptive. They might not be receptive to your advice. Right. But when you have that open, it's still a professional relationship, but there's still this openness in it. And there's also this empathy in it that I'm not saying you're a bad parent. I'm just saying, let's try this differently. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm better than you in taking care of your child. But right now, because we're kind of sharing the care of this child, and I'm concerned about this child and I care about this child, then let's work together, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. having that, that invitation to problem solve together, I think is, is really key yeah. instead of, you know, what, what you were saying about, I, I can totally understand some parents <laughs> taking it as like, well, this person thinks they know how to parent this my child better than exactly. I do and it's like no 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 that is that's not what I'm saying at all exactly but here's what I'm seeing um and and here's what what I would like to try um I think is is a lovely way to put it and yeah I I do agree with the, the idea that it, it might not be able to happen during the workday that conversation because I struggle with that sometimes too of 
you know, the beginning of the day and the end of the day are often the times that the the child is is struggling to self-regulate. There's so there's, you know, two different caregivers there at the same time. Sometimes they don't know who is, you know, in charge or, um, (laughs) and hopefully, you know, you're a united front and all of that good stuff. But like, I, I find those transition times to be tricky anyway. And so then to try to have a meaningful problem solving conversation during those times is almost impossible. Exactly. Um, as yeah. So I think, I think broaching the subject when it's, um, when the child is asleep later on at night or, you know, at a time that's convenient for both of you is, is a really good call. Um, and yeah, I, I also really liked what you said about, about communicating with the parents. Have you found, um, strategies that are helpful in in starting that conversation because I I sometimes sense that nannies and and I've struggled with this too Mm -hmm. if there's if there's something that you want to bring up that you feel like might be tricky or not as well received how do you have that like soft lead in Mm -hmm. yeah um one thing that I've that has worked well for me if I can use that word is um, I do videos Mm. so sometimes when let's say a child is not um, um, involved in activities maybe they just prefer to do their own thing and um, I just want to be sure what's going on now I'm not talking about autism or any issue like that. I'm just like the child just does not want to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So I might general I might do a video, a general video of everyone doing the activity together and move around the room. And then I might send the video to everybody because on the app, everybody knows that when a picture comes through there or a video comes through there, it's just for your consumption, not a public, you know. Right. Video. Yeah. So I might send it to that them and then I might make a note to that parent and I say, hmm, this little guy just prefers to do things on his own. Yeah. Instead of saying, well, your child is not, you know, we're having problems getting them to do activities. Right. So in most cases, that strikes up a conversation and they'll be like, hmm, is he always like that? And then my response will be, yeah, most of the time. Oh, <laughs> what do you think might be the problem? So now that's my, right? That's like your my, end, yep. Exactly. So then we carry the conversation from there. And I also do something with all my toddlers. Uh, when I find um, webinars or any uh, event going on, especially the free one that addresses things like that, that are related to toddlers and their growth, I would just do um, a group email to them mm-hmm. and say, oh, I found this event. I'm going to attend this, this, and this. If you will be interested in attending any one of them, just you know, register for it. And then if they come back to me to say, oh, thank you so much for that webinar. Wow, I really learned a lot from there. Then we can start a conversation around that too, right? So I think there is always um, ways around difficult topics like that. Because, you know, especially I find the first time parents, sometimes they don't know so much, right? Then right. everybody gives them advice and then they're confused. And then because they've seen someone else's child that's walking already at nine months and theirs is 13 months and not walking yet, then they get worried. So when we as co-parents now want to bring up issues like that, we have to be very sensitive of the fact that maybe this parent is already super worried already. Don't let me now, you know, add more to that worry. Let's find a way around it. So that conversation becomes a comfortable one. It becomes one where they can open up about their fears and where you can bring in what you've seen with your experience, working with other children and what you think might be the issue and what are the things we could try. I had a child here that was non-verbal and we tried everything. And I said to the mom, I said, because I'm a registered nurse by training, I would say, get a referral to see a speech te- uh, for speech therapy mm-hmm. and just check into that. I said, but on the other 
And here at the daycare, we will work with this child and read more and sit more with them and do things with them. And just, you know, if they point and grunt, yeah, we will say, okay, this is what this is. Is that what you want? Would you like this? Okay, here you can have it. Next time you can just tell auntie. That. So we will go back and forth with the parents on that. And then one day out of the blue, this child just said, mommy, look at this red circle and we were all like like our mouths literally drop open <laughs> right like what <laughs> what just happened so you know the, the parents were so happy they're like thanking me and i'm like well we did it together right yeah. we all did it together so thank god that that worked out so she did not even need speech therapy or anything like that yeah sometimes kids just get to things when they're ready and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And meeting, meeting the child wherever they are exactly. is, is a very crucial part. But I, I do really appreciate what you were saying about the parents fear mm -hmm. and about really considering that aspect of it as you are speaking with them, because mm -hmm. Fear, when we're working from a place of fear, mm -hmm. we don't make the best decisions. We don't. We don't. And so if, you know, anything that you can do to help invite the parent out of that place of fear and, and onto the team of co-parenting that, that you are creating is, is really crucial, I think. Yes, it is. It is very, very crucial. From my experience running my daycare three years now, I find that it works way better than you just sending them a message saying, your child is not doing this. I think right. for us as parents, I mean, we are parents too, and then we are <laughs> involved in caring for other people's children. Uh, when you hear your child is doing something and the message comes through as it's not, a, it's not an approved behavior or it's a negative behavior, there is always this, your defenses goes up, right? right. And then you're thinking, are they judging my parenting skills? Are they labeling my child? So right. it's always better to bring it in as, you know, a comfortable conversation and yes. let the parent know that you're trying to help. And if they give you the back off sign, then just back off for now, right? And right. go strategize and find another way. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice too. So if, if you have gotten a back off sign, um, when you say go strategize, you, you look for other resources to, as to how to help. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's really good advice. And I also think that because we are so involved in the lives of the children we take care of, mm -hmm. um, that there also is a lot that we can do while they're under our care, right. Mm -hmm. To help. Yes. remedy. Yes. Um, and so while, you know, I don't, I'm not condoning <laughs> directly going against a parent's wishes by any exactly. means, yeah. but like you said of, of the child who was nonverbal mm -hmm. that I don't think any parent is going to be like, well, reading to my child and <laughs> trying to meet them where they are is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think yeah. even if the parent had not been ready to hear that yet and had not been ready to strategize with you that you could have just continued with your strategy yes <laughs> anyway so when i told them to go through their family doctor to get a referral for speech uh and language uh, therapy i also asked them to do the hearing test for the child mm -hmm. now if they had said no to all of that i said no 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 no, no. we don't need to go see any doctor we're not doing any tests that's fine, right? right? Then I would on my own just continue with, you know, helping the ch child to form words, to identify things by their names and stuff like that. Yes, yes. So I, yes, I love that you can uh, go about it many different ways. And I, I think that part of being a childcare provider is that flexibility and creativity in 
how we provide the best care for children that we can. Hey nannies, I wanted to tell you about a new app that has really changed my nanny game. It is called Nannyist. And Nannyist is a new free web application that's designed specifically for nannies, which like we never get our own stuff. We're usually using like parent created apps and things like that. So this is really, really exciting. With the Nannyist app, you can capture and share real-time care updates with parents in an easy-to-use post format that's sort of like your own private Instagram. I know that a lot of times I'm taking up a lot of memory on my phone, taking pictures and sending them throughout the day. So this is a really great way to send them and then get them off of your phone. Um, and parents really want to know what their kids are doing. And I find that a picture really is a thousand words. You don't have time to type out everything. So this is a great way to include parents in your nanny day. And it's intended to formalize or supplement any verbal updates that you're already providing. Uh, Nannyist also has professional tools that help you manage the business side of your career. So there's a performance review script, which is so helpful, and a time entry interface and a place to log your mileage and receipts. So all of that you don't have to think about. You just put it in the app and then you can access it when you're ready to like get reimbursed at the end of the week or the month or however you do it, which is great. So to learn more about Nannyist and to create your free account, that's right, listener, I just said the word free account, visit nannyist.com. That's N-A-N-N-I-E-S-T.com. Check it out. When you were talking about um, broaching the subject in the beginning, you... Um, did it from a place of curiosity. So mm -hmm. that like, I wonder statement, or um, this is what I'm observing statement, mm -hmm. um, which I, I just, I wanted to really point that out because I, I think that that's so powerful, both with parents that we work with, and then also with the children that we work with. Mm -hmm. True. Just that, yeah, this is what I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> and just then being quiet and see what happens. And see what happens, yes. Yeah, I think that that can be so powerful. Um, I, I am curious about if, um, have you run into times that a parent is making a decision that you think is potentially unsafe for a child? How have you handled those types of things? Hmm. I've never run into that. Okay. My daycare. That's great. I'm very <laughs> glad to hear. But yeah, thank God I've never run into that. But I do know, I mean, with uh, my daycare being a licensed daycare, there are certain things that we have to do legally. Mm -hmm. Like if you feel like a child is being abused, right? you know, you're supposed to call this number and report it and stuff like that. So thank God I've never had to deal with that because I mean, if you have a relationship with that family, it's gonna feel like you're, you know, tattoo-tailing, right? Right, But yeah. the life of a child is at risk. Mm -hmm. And if you've done whatever you feel you could do to address the situation, like, okay, where my daycare is located, it, the, it's kind of a busy street. So none of my parents do this. But if a parent all of a sudden says, I'm just going to park by the road and I want you to send my child out to come, uh -huh. that, that's going to be a definite no. Like right. You have to come to the door to pick up your child. If you're going to pick up a fight with me over that, fine. I'm okay with that. But I'm not sending a child outside by themselves because that child is still under my watch. Right. Right. So if there is anything going on that would be... Um, you know, form of abuse or anything that's dangerous for the child, definitely we'll have to find a way to bring it up. And I believe every one of us, we've got some governing um, uh, rules with mm -hmm. what we do, even as a nanny. You know, in my job as a registered nurse, I work in the community. So one of the training we have is when you get to certain neighborhoods that you already know is not safe, mm -hmm. stay in your vehicle and look around first. 
if you get to a door and you knock and you walk into a situation that you see is potentially harmful for you, step back, get back into your vehicle and drive away or call the cops immediately. So there's all of those things that we have access to that we should not hesitate you know, to, to, to take those steps if we feel like the life of a child is in danger, even if it's by the parent. Right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That, that was really helpful <laughs> way mm-hmm. to answer that question. And I am very glad that you haven't experienced it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm also curious about, um, like, let's say you have, have been speaking with a parent and, you know, at first they actually were really on board. They, their defenses hadn't gone up, but Mm -hmm. as, as they've been implementing a strategy that maybe you suggested Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it's not going well for them. You know, like you said at the beginning that there are some children that maybe like won't sing the ABCs at home, but will sing it at school, Mm -hmm. things like that, that it's not going well for the parents but it is potentially going well for you at the daycare or a nanny during the day. How can you help the parent understand more fully the strategy or problem solve around that of, you know, the parents like I'm on board, but I don't, I'm not doing it right. Mm. Well, if a parent is telling you they are on board, that's a plus. Mm -hmm. If they're telling you, well, they are not doing it right then maybe you need to sit down together again and go through. I mean, we met during the positive discipline parenting class, right? Right. (laughs) There are some things in our binders that we're like, hmm, I need to try that myself too, right? Yes. (laughs) I tell someone else to do it. And we do realize that sometimes when you're making those changes, you have to unlearn the past strategy that you've been using. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're talking to a parent that always yelled and screamed because the child has done something wrong. And now we're saying, well, we are working with your child at a daycare or as a nanny. And I've realized that when I yell or do that, I I think it's doing damage to this child. So I think when I get down on my knees and I look them eyeball to eyeball, or when I bring them in for a, a hug or something like that, that helps the situation. Well, the parent that has always done it the different way at home, it's going to take them time right. to switch, right? So if they're struggling, then we'll be there to say, keep doing it. You, you'll be fine. But at your own setting where you have the child, if you can be consistent and do it the same way you're doing it, you know, children are very funny. <laughs> sometimes, you know, it might be that the child would def- sometimes later maybe say to the parents, you know, uh, you're not doing it like nanny XYZ does it. Right. Right. And then that tells them because they already know what nanny XYZ is doing, right? So that tells them, okay, I think this child prefers this. And nanny XYZ has told me, you know, we've had a discussion about it. So I believe our job is to be a support system mm-hmm. for the parents of the children within our care. So we are not the parents. Right. Uh, all we have is the legal right that we have while they are in our care and we're communicating with the parents. So whenever they need us to step in, we step in. Whenever they say, you know, that's enough, then, you know, we know to maintain our distance, but do things right while the child is with us. Because sometimes I think even the children can help their parents somehow. So a child- right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe, you know, as a nanny now, I believe some nannies do 24 hours or you sleep there or it's overnight mm-hmm. and you've gotten this child into a bedtime routine that helps them and they sleep better. So right now the parents have seen that. They will probably ask you, what do you do differently? Like when you put the child to bed, they sleep all through the night. But when mm-hmm. I do, they don't. So then you share that with them and they're willing to do that. Or maybe their child will even say to them, well, I want you to do it the way Nanny XYZ does it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And for the parents that are really, really open to learning more about their children 
then they would definitely ask you for more information, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've, I've heard similar things like that before um, with, I, I believe, um, Pascal on one of the episodes, uh, Pascal Brady was on a few episodes. And on one of them, she talked about how um, she was, she's a, a positive, um, or no, a, a parent education um, person. And she talked about how when she started her journey, it was because she felt like she wasn't being a very good parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she wanted to figure out how to get better. And so she was going to these classes, um, but her husband, the father, was not interested in it, right? <laughs> that, that happens a lot. That one party will be on board, the other will be like, whatever. Yeah, so when we are co-parenting, there also is this idea that we might only have one other of our co-parents that is on board with us. Yes. Do you have advice ar- around that of, um, of how to... Uh, how to help support the parent that is on board and making the changes um, Mm -hmm. while also not excluding or, you know, slamming the door on the parent Mm -hmm. that is, is currently unable, unwilling to make those changes. Well, from my own end here, you know, with the daycare, the app that I currently use, it gives you uh, two, two spots Mm -hmm. to have parents on there. So they're both getting the reports. And depending on whoever picks the child up, if I have the time at that period to say one or two things to them, and I do get sometimes that the parents you're talking to will be like, oh, text my wife or text my husband. Uh-huh. And then you get to know, okay, which one of them is really, you know, the hands-on one with the child. But still, we still have to find a way to like maintain open communication with both of them. But definitely we might end up with one of them being on board with what we are trying to do, especially when we're troubleshooting and trying to find solutions to certain things. Right. And um, I mean, if you've got one parent on board, you do what you can with them and just pray and hope that the other parents will get on board because now that's a family situation, right? right. Our job as a caregiver for their child does not necessarily... Uh, give us the permission to get involved in their marital right <laughs> you know, or do we home. really want to be involved like exactly that's, we that's don't not... want to <laughs> I'm not so, interested in that <laughs> you do what you can with the parents that's listening and if both of them are on board well good I've got some that both of them are on board and I've got some that even if you're saying anything to them they'll be like ah call the other person and explain what you just said or the other person will call it and say oh yeah what was that you were trying to pass at first so then you know who to kind of concentrate on that you've got their ears and they're listening and then just pray and hope that on the home front they're able to bring it together and work together yes yes and and I will say that um the end to Pascal's story was that um, she ended up, you know, she went to these classes, she started changing her parenting style and mm. her partner, her, her husband was like, uh, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, <laughs> they were like, now parenting looks so much easier for you. <laughs> like it's working. What are you doing? Exactly. And then exactly. And then and that's, he started that's the going. Good side of it. Yeah, that's the good side of it because when you work with one parent and then the other parent sees that all the changes that's been made is working for the child, for their family. So now there are no more tantrums. There is no more throwing food at the dining table. There is no more running around the house when it's bedtime and refusing to go to bed. Then it will be like, hmm, whatever you're doing seems to be working, okay time for me to get on board. Right. Yep. So yeah, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, which I, I feel like is kind of a theme throughout our conversation today Mm -hmm. of, of keep doing the best you can do for the child. Yes. Yes. Eventually you will reap the fruits. Yes. Farmer planting, you know, there are some, there are some, um, 
crops you plant and you use the fruit within a few months. There are some that stays the whole year before you get, you know, fruits. So what we do, yeah, there are some that you reap the rewards really quick and some it will take you a longer period before you start seeing, you know, results. Right. So just keep doing, just keep doing the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. Yes, yes. And, um, and progress and growth is not linear either. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, the, we all work with children. We know that sometimes it's like you make a, a giant leap forward um, with the child or the child on their own makes a giant leap. And then, and then there's regression and, you know, they're playing with how to exist in the world. It's all very new to them. So of course it's like, this new thing might feel very exciting and good, but it's like, oh, but I miss, <laughs> you know, my my grown up carrying me around all the time. Even though I can walk now, I miss that. <laughs> yeah, so, true. so I think that keeping that in mind too, and also I think when you are talking with the parent about suggestions and things, saying up front that that every child is unique, and that it might take a few different ways of, of meeting the child where they are to actually meet them where they are. Because like I used, (laughs) we learned in our positive discipline class about um, asking for a hug when a child is upset. Mm -hmm. And I used that the other day with, with one of my nanny kids Mm -hmm. and like, it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the thing in that moment, maybe for her at all, but um, it just like did not work in that yeah. moment. And I was it's like, okay. Here. Same experience here. I tried it with my seven year old. She said, no, I don't want a hug. Yeah. yeah. And I like offered three times and then, and said, okay, come find me when you want a hug. And she was like, I'm good. I don't want to. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Exactly. Um. And so, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always work for every child every time. So also keeping that in mind and helping parents understand that, that, you know, you've got to, you've got to try several different things. And as long as you're keeping the child at the forefront of, of your thoughts, um, I think that, that you, you can't go wrong. (laughs) That's the most important piece. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, well, um, I, those were most of, of my questions. Did you have anything that you would like to add? Um, hmm. uh, see, you, you just said something about the focus is on the child, right? Mm-hmm. So the focus is on the child, but we also need to bear in mind that um, we need the child to understand in their own age appropriate way that just because the focus is on them, doesn't mean that they're going to be the center of attraction at all times, but that the focus is on them because we realize that they still need guidance. So now I'm talking about kind of older kids, like age four, five, six and above, but the younger ones, so we don't run into a situation where um, they're demanding our attention for everything. You know, so that, you know, I, I think one of the differences where one of the reasons why sometimes it seems that when the children are in our care, sometimes they listen better and they do things maybe faster than they do with their parents is because we are more of an authority kind right. of, you know, figure for them. But because our job also involves us being loving and caring so we're actually uh, setting an example to them of what it means to love what it means to care for someone what it means to take care of someone right i think when they look at their parents they see their parents as the person that's always there Mm -hmm. the person they can play with and sometimes depending on the the type of uh, parenting you know um, skill that the parent is using, so maybe authoritative, authoritarian, and stuff like that. So sometimes they they are in different environments, and these children also kind of um, know the differences. So they know the things they can't get away with at daycare. Right. So when I say it's clean up time, 
everybody clean up and we sing the clean up song, mm -hmm. they know they have no choice but to clean up. But maybe at home when the parent says, it's time to clean up, go clean up your room. Well, they might wait for the parent to say it two, three more times. And maybe they're thinking, you're not singing the song. So I'm not <laughs> going to clean up. You know, all those things that children do. So for us as um, caregivers, for children specifically, to bear in mind that what we're doing is to, to join the parents in laying a solid foundation for these children. A solid foundation for them to know how to self-regulate, uh, how to share, how to view the world around them. And we're also setting an example of, you know, obeying and following instructions. Mm -hmm. you know, so we're working together with the parents and um, we're doing all we can within our scope of practice to make sure we do the best we can do. And then we work with the parents to do the best they can do also. So our, our job is actually very, very important and yes. We have to see it that way with every child that we come in contact with. Um, yesterday, Friday, before we closed, we were talking about one of the kids in my care about how smart this boy is. Like, he, he knows a lot of stuff that kids that age shouldn't know. All mm -hmm. good stuff. And I just jokingly said to my assistant, I said, wow, so maybe 20 years or whatever number of years from now, we're going to see him on TV doing this, 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 and we're going to be like, yay, <laughs> like, yay, we were part of his foundation, you know, like, yeah, we know him and stuff like that. So that's what our job is like. So the parents are there in that future period saying, that's my son, but you can look at that son on TV and be like, wow, it's actually... You know, you feel a sense of pride mm -hmm. that you were part of the growth and development of that child. So we, we need to keep that in mind so that when we run into situations where things are not going the way they should go and we're trying to figure out solutions, we should look at the end result and not just the stress we are having to deal with now. Look ah. at the end result. You know, yes. you live in the U.S. and sometimes when we see all this you know, on the news, uh, gun violence and somebody shot somebody and this and that, you know, what normally comes to my mind is what went wrong mm -hmm. right, with that person. And who, who knows when did whatever that went wrong happened? Was it with their parents? Was it with a child giver, caregiver? Was where, you know, where did things go wrong? And what could other people, what could they have done differently to help this child? Right. So that's, that's how I see it. Keep the future, you know, keep the future in view that what you're doing for that child right now might impact their future negatively or positively. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of power and responsibility. Yes, we do. Um, well, wonderful. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, if listeners uh, want to know more about you, where can they uh, look you up? Okay, so if uh, listeners want to know more about me, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And my name on there is Christ in my thoughts. It's one word, Christ in my thoughts. Um, it's a combination of my writings. So Christ in my thoughts came to be from a struggle, a period I had that I really didn't have time to do the things I really wanted to do, especially spiritually, you know, like praying, reading the Bible and stuff like that. And then I realized that in every situation during the day, like driving down the road, something would occur to me or I would see something and God would just say something to me through it. So that got me through that period. So when I started writing some of those things, I decided to title it Christ in my thoughts. So when I got into parenting, also intentional parenting, I discovered that for me as a Christian parent, um, if I will only let God you know, speak to me before I speak to my child because I'm super, super mad at what they've done and I wait for God to calm me down and give me the right strategy on how to address the situation, I see that it reduces my stress level. It reduces the anger at which I address the situation. And I see better results from my children. So uh, yeah, everything I do on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is under the name Christ in my thoughts. 
And uh, my website is under development currently, and my daycare is going to be part of that too. So the name of my daycare is Life Center Christian Daycare and Preschool, mm. and I'm located in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Lovely. Yes. And all of that information will be down in the show notes. So you can click on the link and it will take you right there. Um, wonderful. Well, we end each episode uh, with a fun, cute story. And Alame has uh, brought one. <laughs> so I actually have two. Is it always oh, oh, my gosh. The more the merrier. <laughs> so I've got this one that um, a parent texted me once and said, well, we were singing the song, Yes, Jesus Loves Me at Home. And my daughter goes, no, not singing it right, mommy. And she goes, what? And she goes, sing it like Lumi sings it. <laughs> she doesn't know how to say my name. So she calls me Lumi. Aww. So, so the mom is like, okay, how do you sing it? And I'm like, don't mind her. She's just being silly. It's the same way. <laughs> and then when they're driving, coming to daycare, she's like, yay, going to Lumi's house. Lumi's house is fun. <laughs> so, you know, when I hear things like that, it's like, oh my God, just singing a song, right? Right. how things you do a better job than mommy so thank god for mommies that don't take offense eh? <laughs> <laughs> the second one i have is a personal one so this is my child so where we live in canada it's very cold i know everybody thinks canada is cold but some part of canada are not as cold as where i am so i've been having the struggle with wear your gloves put your meetings on it's cold outside put your toque on and she wouldn't so one day someone said to her, hmm, if you don't wear your gloves, you know what's going to happen to your fingers? He goes, no, well, you're going to get a frostbite. Hmm, what's a frostbite? Well, your fingers are going to turn blue and black and they're going to be dead and you won't be able to use them again. And guess what the doctor's going to do? And she asks why. The doctor's going to chop them off. <gasps> to me, I felt that was too graphic. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? She started wearing her gloves after. Oh. I'm like, oh my God, you know, like seriously, children sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah. they just need the graphic picture. But as parents, we don't want to give them the graphic picture. So someone else did it and yay, hallelujah. <laughs> she wears her gloves now. The Chronicles of Nanny. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I do feel Tyler. like sometimes Art children need that very Foster. like literal thing Brad that Penn. feels um, second bedroom like unprotected com. to us Follow in a way, us but Facebook they're like, Instagram no, no, no. I want the actual information of what will happen to me. To contact us, email chroniclesofnanny.gmail.com. I love them both. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, and thank you for taking this show has been brought to you by machine today. culture I really, really appreciate it. i've been looking forward to this day since we said it so me too um wonderful and thank you all for listening we'll see you next week imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.